Hello and welcome to the Canadian Literature Centre's Brown Bag Lunch Reading Series, the COVID edition. I'm Sarah Krotz, Director of the Canadian Literature Centre, which is based at the University of Alberta in Edmonton, Canada. Known to many as Amiskwachewaskagan, Edmonton is located on Treaty 6 territory in the Métis Nation of Alberta, District 4. Like so many other live in-person readings this year, the CLC's Brown Bag Lunch series has been affected by COVID-19. Instead of our monthly program hosting writers from across Canada at the University of Alberta, we're pleased to offer you our 2020-21 series in podcast form, delivered right to your living room or kitchen. We hope you enjoy this chance to connect with authors from across the country. This podcast features Shannon Webb Campbell, a poet, writer, and critic of Mi'kmaq and settler descent. Webb Campbell's books include the award-winning Still No Word from 2015, I Am a Body of Land from 2019, and Lunar Tides, which is forthcoming with Book Hug Press in 2022. She holds an MFA in Creative Writing from the University of British Columbia and an MA in English Literature from Memorial University. She is currently a doctoral student at the University of New Brunswick in the Department of English. And she is also the editor of Visual Arts News magazine. Webb Campbell writes out of a deep sense of responsibility to her Indigenous communities. Her collection, I Am a Body of Land, is, in Susan Musgrave's words, poetry awake with the winds from the four directions. Poetry that crosses borders, margins, treaties, yellow tape warning police line, do not cross. Poetry whose traditional territory through colonization has become trauma and shame. Unseated poetry. Read. Respect. Weep. In this podcast, which includes readings from her forthcoming collection, Lunar Tides, Webb Campbell ranges across theory, the legacies of colonialism, kinship, and Indigenous resurgence. Her words follow the rhythms of the body, the water, the cycles of the moon, and long and deep familial relationships amid the profound grief of losing her mother. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, my name is Shannon Webb Campbell, and I'm a member of Halapu Mi'kmaq First Nation. I'm the author of I Am a Body of Land, Still No Word, and the forthcoming Lunar Tides. I would like to say, Wolalin, thank you in Mi'kmaq to the Canadian Literature Centre for inviting me to be part of the Brown Bag Lunch reading series. I thought I would begin by reading a few poems and uh, perhaps then going into some of the questions. These poems are from my new collection, Lunar Tides. Time, a biography, with a preface by Virginia Woolf from Orlando. A poet is Atlantic and lion in one. While one drowns us, the other gnaws us. If we survive the teeth, we succumb to the waves. 
one beginning. A baby is born in a room to a body, recognizes a voice outside the walls. The baby wants to return to womb waters. What is this room? What is this body? Living is a stretch. Doctors assign sex. Only hours until you hear tides. Nothing prepares you for life. I was born three months premature. Are the grandmothers in my body? Doctors don't like to answer questions. Life becomes a quest of origin. Mother reminds us why light thins. Passing into night, you return somewhere like wind. A room, body, baby. Two, middle. In the room, in my body, mother tells the story of breath. I fell out of her one afternoon, nearly an entire season too early. She was floored I was able to breathe. The nurses pushed plastic tubes up my nose, put me in a glass box. Was she in the room? Was I in her body? Birth explodes a new kind of meaning. Nothing prepared my mother to mother. Sex assigned her body. The hospital staff told her to go on home. I needed to keep breathing. She needed breath. Nurses took me away and she was left to imagine holding her baby. Grandmother was islanded in time thousands of miles away. A room, a body, waves. Three, end. Life happens in a room. Grief takes up with body. Mother never peed in front of me. Illness yellowed her and took her socks. Palliative care is a 10th floor view with an aluminum garden overlooking the city. Called in the middle of the night to be with her as she goes. Kin piled in cars, drove downtown, followed highway lines. A woman who wanted us to be there when she stopped breathing. A mother whose body never felt at home. Death, exhaust, and spectacle. Nothing prepared us for our last morning together. Was I in the room? Was she in her body? I sat in the hospital window while her tiny 60-year-old body slept. I couldn't take my eyes off her chest. I imagined a baby cradled in my arms, the way she once held me. Passing my baby over to her, I cried oceans. This is the closest I get to giving her a grandchild. The room, the body mother. Greater tides and lower than average tides. Deep culture belongs to the sea. I think it's okay to be a little superficial if you're trying to be oceanous or have life plans to map the moon. Excavate yourself from yourself. It's the only way to shake off your past. Born again, you are born again. Together you raise all the rivers, fountains overflow, lakes flood. Sex may be our only way back. Drinking things in slowly slows things down. If everything is traveling too fast or the moon feels too full, watch the tides come and go. From the beginning to end, patterns make our lives what they are. 
and remind us what they're not. These are a few poems from my collection, I Am a Body of Land, which was edited by Lee Miracle. See how low the moon hangs. When stars touch cliffs, land moves closer to sky to meet Earth's breath. Return to where water outweighs land. Between feral bog and the ocean's expanse, find remedy to temper your heart's fury. Big skies heave shades of gray, winds howl their own voice. Love needs truth and witness, no hesitations, always a spare room to gather lifetimes and generations. I only have one photo left of Mary, for Mary Webb. No taller than wildflowers with hands tucked into a soiled apron, her hair covered. She looks into a lens with eyes that know what plants are medicines and which roots hold poisons. In still life photograph, Mary grew gardens, picked berries, she distilled the moonshine, pickled harvest, and kept meat. Taught her youngsters to skin rabbits, make liquor blind. Never drink the old stuff, she said. Whenever I drink or my moon bleeds, I think of Mary, who traveled to women's wombs by dog team, horses, sometimes even snowshoes. Don't matter how many days it took or what storm railed down home. She took medicines with her, bleached bloody bodies. Mary always got there in time for the baby. Grandmother went to the hospital sick in 78, kept praying for young ones to grow old, help them help those who carry on when she goes. Mary died five years and four days before I got born, yet something inside me calls for her. Their worldview is a new home in an ancient land. If you think you can hold dominion over flora and fauna, that a body in life can be property, you'd better try buying a constellation. I'm not landless nor law. In sorrow's aftermath, remind me, I am a body of land unlearning what cannot be expressed. Dig to find a physical knowing, ceremony. Our cells remind us we are living in the intersection of trauma and desire, a disordered state. How can we imagine ourselves not broken, set vowels and variables, open to seven generations before and after? So Newfoundland is where the colonization of North America began, and the colonial agenda still prevails. Yet long before John Cabot arrived in 1497 and claimed the land on behalf of England, the Mi'kmaq, Innu, Inui, and Beotuk were the traditional custodians of Newfoundland and Labrador's lands and waters. Despite this history, or perhaps because of it, the indigenous people of Newfoundland and Labrador have long been dismissed and shamed into silence. 
when the province joined Confederation in 1949, the government, under Premier Joey Smallwood's guidance, inaccurately declared there were no Indians on the island of Newfoundland. Smallwood's dismissal prevented the formal and legal recognition of Newfoundland's indigenous people for decades. Well, I have a bone to pick with that Joey Smallwood. Letter to Joseph R. Smallwood, after Marilyn Dumont's letter to Sir John A. MacDonald. Dear Joey, I'm still here and mixed Mi'kmaq after all these years. You're long dead. Yet Confederation couldn't stop Newfoundland's ongoing colonial violence. You continued so unapologetically, telling Ottawa there are no Red Indians. Nancy April, we killed them all. And you know, Joey, after all your declarations, bowing to the settlers, we're still here. We remain Mi'kmaq despite stolen status cards. None of us landless, all of us caribou. On receiving a government letter rejecting our Indian status, Father calls, says they are revoking us, his voice gravel thick. A dead weight of shame returns. Thousands of papers board a plane, soar through the sky to land like scalps on doorsteps of would-be Halapu. My ancestors are on trial. We no longer live in Nagoma village. Mark Smallwood's infamous words. There are no Indians on the island of Garumkak. Denial repeats to eradicate Mi'kmaq existence. One too many anglicized names spins webs of displaced identity. Goddamn jacketars. Government commands colonial amnesia. You do beadwork in the suburbs, Google Mi'kmaq translations, only learn to bang your drum far from home. Ottawa notes I'm not indigenous enough. Still landless, no claim, no bones to hone. Father says it was good for a while. But what about the next seven generations? I tell him, I am Mi'kmaq forever. Elegy revised. I'm an edge walker. I'm a frozen seabird dumped on a beach. I'm a beach walker who came upon a heap of bloody tours. I am a mirror who is graceless on land but swims like a fish. I plunge 600 feet into the water before I am shot down mid-flight. I'm the only hunter allowed to kill seabirds around here. I'm an interpretive site where the Beotuk used to roam. I live on a res where the only way in is the only way out. I'm a verdict. I'm a tattler who speaks to newspapers. I'm a country that questions the nature of abuse. I'm a failed legal system. I'm a medicine woman who lost her medicines. I'm a stolen prayer. I'm a blurred vision. I'm turning a blind eye. I'm jealousy's root system. I'm dishonoring my father's sobriety. I'm an empty bottle under the sink. I am allowing all, or I'm swallowing all the tears that now live in my body. I am a woman unprotected like our waterways. I'm a teenage girl just starting puberty. I'm not someone who wants you to forget any of this. 
I'm a boreal river where we can no longer swim. The powwow at the edge of the world. I walk with father on the grounds when all the dancers are gone. I'm told by many that I must let go, forgive what I don't know. He talks of that summer at the powwow where all our relations were dancing. How this land is somewhere he could never live. If love is our last hope, the medicine wheel is our compass. Look north to catch midnight, find death in winter. Look east for dawn, find light in spring. Look south at birth, find rebirth in summer. Look west at dusk, find wisdom in fall. Each direction a spirit helper, an element, a sacred medicine. A circle embodies the passage of sun and four seasons. I am of the dawn here at the edge, knowing first light. You no longer shades of day. Look to animal stars, find sweet grass. Look for mineral sun, find tobacco. Look at plant moon, find cedar. Look to human earth, find sage. Our lives move in circles. We are sunwise. The silent generation. I want to be your powwow grounds, all that is worth protecting. Pay attention, I'm your radiant gathering. Know the rhythm of your heart. Trust wherever spirit wants to go. Fill minds with voices of ancestors. Sing broken prayers for sunless skies. If anyone has arrived or mastered grace, pardon death and receive your rewards. My lament for a universal kingdom Give rest to graciousness, make love real, set yourself free, hide in the folds, stretch your hand over the sea. Thought I would read a few more new poems from Lunar Tides. The next one is called How Theory Works. Theory is a process of shaming. Theory is harmful. Theory is out of context. Theory avoids emotions. Theory injures. Theory is a toolbox. Theory is a hammer. Theory isn't about the critic. Theory needs to be accessible. Theory theorizes. Theory should speak to a larger audience. Theory unpacks. Theory needs to be responsible. Theory inhabits a world. Theory creates fields of study. Theory tracks. Theory needs to take ownership. Theory justifies. Theory is a science. Theory is opera. Theory blurs. Theory is a missionary. Theory is finding validity. Theory needs room for elasticity. Theory is emotional. Theory creates jobs for critics. Theory grew up in poverty. Theory entered the academy. Theory isn't a church. Theory brings pencils. Theory is happening out in the world. Theory takes place in the shower. Theory inhabits, theory queers, theory dissects, theory is not a structural man. Theory is a structural person. Theory is articulation. Theory unpacks, theory codes, theory categorizes, theory is topos, theory intersects, theory puts things into boxes, theory thinks, theory is how authority works. Theory raises questions among words. 
Theory emotes, theory the function of language, theory develops, theory is complicated. Theory understands text, theory pivots, theory questions, theory symbolizes, theory knows the code, theory situates. Theory is hidden in the story, theory approaches, theory is a human process. Theory borrows, theory is meaning, theory is a mode of poetics. Theory responds, theory believes the whole world is a text. Theory clothes, theory is possible, theory shapes. Theory is being named at birth. Theory builds. Theory cracks things open. Theory pushes back. Theory ventures out of the text. Theory bleeds. Theory decodes. Theory isn't the value of structure. Theory gifts. Theory is concerned about the emotional labor of cats, how their purrs calm us. Theory is renaming. Theory works. Theory has no natural locus. Theory is a kind of kinship. Theory anticipates. Theory is inherently selective. Theory draws. Theory fabricates meanings. Theory plays. Theory echoes patterns. Theory voices. Theory feminizes. Theory is jealousy. Theory parallels. Theory encodes. Theory acts. Theory produces theory. Theory is a meeting between the reader and the text. Theory names. Theory is dichotomy. Theory opens. Theory is practice. Praxis. Theory is connective. Theory blooms. Theory ruptures. Theory cock blocks. Theory has consequences. Theory measures. Theory pluralizes. Theory is fashion. Theory is part of the indigenous context. Theory is when the author isn't there. Theory offers a glass of water. I definitely needed a little drink after that one. Um, so Lunar Tides charts the moon phases, but it's also a collection largely about grief and longing. Um, as I lost my mother in 2019 and my whole world was rearranged. You were never a visitor to this world. On your deathbed, you wore lipstick. Ask me to retrace your mouth, even though you could hardly speak. You wore vintage clip-on earrings, smiled a gap-toothed grin you once hid. A pink cashmere shawl around your shoulders. You didn't care for mint paper gowns. Even dying, you were all dolled up, commanded the room. The nurses who shared your middle name the nurse who shared your middle name couldn't get over your steady gaze, the sea gray blue of your eyes. When my father took the subway to hold your hand for the first time in 35 years, I saw something I'd never before. He sold a story of when a boy met a girl smashed together like bottles of Pilsner, only with a hammer shards of glass over grass until they lit the box of beer on fire called himself a bad actor booze hound caught up in his retelling in our last moments together you called me over to your hospital bed tell your father it's time to go home I need to be held by something other than a theory with a preface by Sina Karras, 
from memory times time. I don't want a theory. I want the poem inside me. I want the poem to unfurl like a thousand monks chanting inside me. Grief remains us. Words fail to contain it. Poems attempt to mourn the dead. I'm caught off guard by your last photograph. How it divides the present and keels over. Where is this place to hold and be held? Try and read other poets, theorists, people. No one knows what to do, so they apologize. Learn loss has its own time, and you are a small animal reeling. Swim in pools of Freud's theory, only to forget what I've read. Write several elegies upside down. Softly tell the body, this is only temporary. I'm going to read one more and then answer a few questions. Solitude. Where are you now? Are you in the little space of sky that sleeps next to the moon? I'm not convinced of the lunar gateway. All my life you were here, and now you've become sky. I don't buy it. I've studied the names of clouds. Cumulus, cirrus, I can't even pronounce that one. If you were a cloud formation, you'd be firestorm. But you're not a cloud. I cannot imagine you are sleeping next to the moon. You never slept much anyways. Have you become earth? I'm not sure that fits either. You never like to walk barefoot in soil or sand. Not one for spending time outdoors. You obsessed over furniture. How empty chairs sat facing one another and plumped your cushions. You said the neighbors made you anxious. The lack of trees made you feel seen. Things were calmer for you inside than out. You could control the temperature, the climate, the conversation. Now that you're no longer in your box house, I don't know where you are. Down the southern shore, everyone is calling out in strange clipped voices, tiny human pleas. Where is she? Maybe grandmother knows where you are, but we don't know where she is either. Sometimes I find her in the line between horizon and sea. Other times chopping up onions or peeling carrots. Some find pockets of her within ourselves. We're stuck here with the vegetable peels halfway to truth. Are you tangled in gold mesh or caught up in the deceptiveness of beauty? The so-called great beyond. You hated cooking, preferred restaurants, and takeout. I bet nobody cooks where you are. You always said that you liked to be alone, that you could only be yourself by yourself, next to the ocean nowhere else. You taught us not to become too attached independence through codependence. Now you've left us more alone than ever. Before you shut the storm door, never locked it, drew the curtains, closed the blinds. You didn't care for daylight. Told us you needed a few moments alone in order to watch a half hour of Young and Restless and tune into yourself. We were only small beating hearts, mouths open. You once told me not all women are cut out for motherhood. Best choose your methods wisely. You're listening to the poet Shannon Webb Campbell. 
In the final few minutes of Shannon's podcast, she answers our questions about what this year has been like for her, the role that art has played during this challenging time, and her recommended pandemic reading, Shalane Jowdry's recent collection, Walking Ground. So, one of the questions are, what has this time been like for you as a writer? Um, well, this time, as in the, the time we're in, the pandemic, um, has been, I think, strange. Uh, well, of course, strange for everybody, difficult, challenging. Um, but for me as a writer, I think I was grappling more with the grief of my mother. So the pandemic was just something else that was happening Um, it felt like the world fell apart for me personally, and then the world fell apart collectively. Uh, And somewhere in this, I have been writing um, poetry and some nonfiction. In some ways, I mean, I was home already, so the pandemic just continued that. Um, But I was living in St. John with my partner, and... He lost his job and we had to relocate to Halifax and I'm a PhD student so within this I'm able to move to Halifax because my degree is online um, which was something I wanted in the first place so it's kind of interesting um, but what I would say about the role of art playing for me and my communities these days well, I mean, art has always been central to my understanding of life, my core beliefs, uh, my my way in the world, all kinds of art, uh, visual art, music, poetry, fiction. Um, as editor of Visual Arts News Magazine, I am obsessed with art, particularly artists working in the East Coast. Uh, and I'm finding that art is the one thing that keeps me going, curious, engaged, uh, excited. I mean, in some ways, even though this is such a dark and difficult time, people are still creating. Though I know that it has been challenging for many, and um, I wouldn't want to overlook my dear friend R.M. Vaughn and um, missing him very much and his conversations around art. Uh, So I I think that, you know, art has many sides, um, but I think it's a place that we're able to begin conversations that are necessary. So if I had to recommend one book or story or poem to read right now, I would recommend Mi'kmaq poet Shalane Jowdry, who's a Bear River First Nations new book, Walking Ground. It's recently published with Gasparo Press. It's a collection of poetry that grounds the reader in ecological time. Shalane's sure-footed, even-keeled heart and nurturing poetic voice takes you to the woods instructs you to take off your boots and walk barefoot on the earth to connect with what matters most. Walking ground is filled with gentle wisdom, Mi'kmaq language, and offers generous reprieve. 
and the potential of rebirth after a profoundly difficult year. Personally, reading Chelan's poetics reconnected me to the land, to our shared languages and the ongoing challenges Indigenous peoples face due to the legacy of colonialism. In the, the poem Halapu Migration, which meets which caribou is sorry, which halibu is the Mi'kmaq word for caribou. She says in the actual footnotes, the new Mi'kmaq community band in Newfoundland, and this made me stand up a little taller, as Jowdry addresses my community, Halibu Mi'kmaq First Nation. This is the first time I've ever read another Mi'kmaq poet who doesn't really have specific ties to Newfoundland, write about the complex issues facing my band. Shalan writes, summoning each other out, rounding up the herd and your children's children for the long homebound track. See, as a Mi'kmaq poet whose membership in the Halapu Mi'kmaq First Nation was granted and then revoked, Colonialism continues to fracture the identity of Halapu Mi'kmaq peoples and perpetuate trauma, creating a sense of estrangement or unbelonging through government-dictated criteria and selection processes for band members. See, Shalan assures readers in the final stanza, and even though my story is complicated by the fact that the Mi'kmaq Grand Council, the traditional government of the Mi'kmaq people across Canada, has also refused to recognize the leg legitimacy of the Halapu Mi'kmaq First Nation Band and its members, a fellow Mi'kmaq poet does. Walking ground carries forward the resilience of Mi'kmaq culture and is a collective call for the work we all need to do for healing and reconciliation to occur. After all, we need help gathering, collecting, and healing in order to make the long walk home together. That was Shannon Webb Campbell, who has been reading to us from Halifax. Thanks for listening. This has been an episode of the Canadian Literature Centre's Brown Bag Lunch podcast reading series, produced by Sarah Krotz, Austin Lee, and Matthew Cormier, edited by Claire Peters. Music composed and performed by Bruce Ziff. The CLC's programming is made possible by generous financial support from Dr. Eric Schloss and from the Faculty of Arts at the University of Alberta. New episodes of the 2020-21 Brown Bag Lunch podcast reading series will be posted monthly on the Canadian Literature Centre's website. Thanks so much for listening.